BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Welcome to Future Riches Podcast. Nice to meet you. Hey. Yeah, Hi. nice to meet you too. Thanks for having me. Um, so we are a big fan of your podcast, Frugal Friends. And so I wanted to kind of talk to you about your story. You have a really interesting story. So you started off paying down, was it $78,000 of debt? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. that's uh, and intimidating. I, it was. And I spent um, a few years being intimidated by it and kind of just ignoring it. I kind of was in that, um, from the time I uh, graduated with my master's until I got engaged, I I was literally ignoring it. I put it on income-based repayment. I think I was paying like 26 bucks a month and it was just growing and growing. And <laughs> I couldn't, it, the, just looking at every time I logged in, I had anxiety. Uh, so the only way to not have that anxiety and that guilt kind of uh, lording over me was just to ignore it. Um, and so that's what I did for a while. And then my fiance said, I want to pay off my student loans. And I was like, good oh, luck. I- have fun <laughs> with that. <laughs> like I'm boasting um, mine. Yeah. Right, right. So uh, that kind of, that was a kick in the pants for me. I, I, I was convicting for sure because I had double the amount of student loans he had. Uh, so that was the start of me confronting what I had and what I had to do. So did and you guys sit we, down together and he said, okay, this is like what I had, this is my plan. And you were like, okay. And then did you like, I'm just curious because I feel like that, obviously that's a change in your entire financial life, right? Like to confront it is really where the change starts to happen. Absolutely. It was, so I knew how much I had, uh, in, you know, in the back of my mind, but I, yeah, we had to have, we had to sit down and have that conversation. And I didn't know that's the conversation we were having when it started. (laughs) So, but we were newly engaged and, and he brought it up as a way of being like, this is what, 
I want to do. This is what I'm going to do. I'm not going to force you to be with me, but like, think of the things that we could do if we were debt-free. Like, what do you want to do? What are your wildest dreams? And like, we can, like, we could feasibly accomplish them without our job prospects. Yeah. If we don't have the debt. And so that is what got me on board was that kind of like guiding me into it. Um, and not, there was no nagging and I was pretty quick to hop on board. Uh, cause I, I think what I really needed was a partner in it. I couldn't do mm-hmm. it alone. And so that, that was sense. really crucial to me. So, so that was what got me on board. And, and we thought initially it would take us five years with, okay. I was working part-time, like my full-time job would only give me part-time hours. Uh, so yeah. And, uh, and he had a job, but it was down South. And so when we got married, he left that job so that we could live in the same city. And so when we started, he was unemployed. Oh my gosh. Uh, so you like auto, unemployed and you're working part-time hours, yeah. part-time hours and you're like, okay, we're going to get rid of mm-hmm. this debt. Yes. And it was, so if you're waiting for the perfect time to start, <laughs> I was just thinking that it's not going to happen. Not going to be one. And I think maybe starting from the bottom was helpful because every time there's always, you take like two steps forward, one step back, it seems like in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And so every time we took two steps forward and one step back, it was still, it still felt like progress because Travis would get a job. I I got a weekend job. So we were always, always, always making progress Mm -hmm. that built momentum. Um, And so by the end of it, about six months in, we realized, oh, we can pay this off in two years. That's so um, fast. Cause like, mm-hmm. I always like to say two years is like 24 months because people feel like two years sounds like a long time and it's really not that long. No, in the grand scheme of things. And yeah. I'll be honest, it felt like an eternity. Would I go back to those two years? Yeah. <laughs> not, you couldn't pay me enough, <laughs> but I'm thankful for having gone through those. It took us 23 months. So wow. I'm thankful oh for all 23 of those months for how they grew me. Um, and it's, it, it was hard, but I've been debt-free for three years. And so we've been debt-free for longer than it took us to pay off debt. Yeah. So that is crazy to me. Uh, so it is, feels like it's long when you were in there. That's no way to get around that. Um, right. But it is not, paying off debt is not a long term thing because it it will take you less time than what you think it will take when you start if you stick and with it. Is that because once you're committed to it it feels so good to see the number going down that you kind of become a little did you become more aggressive once you got into the phase of we're going to pay down this debt? A little that's part of it, but you just you are the worst at personal finance that you will ever be right now. Like you are the worst that's at true. it. That's true. You can only get better. So the more we figured out what side hustles made us the most money and started doing more of those versus, you know, driving Uber or something, um, we made more money with side hustles. But we had to figure out those things Mm -hmm. for a while before we got there. Um, And when I started doing no spend challenges, I figured out what are the things that I want? uh, What are the things I value? And what are the things I'm just spending on habitually that I'm putting in my right. budget because I always have, but in reality, I don't, I, I don't care yeah, as much I, about them as I thought I did, or there is something I care about in it. Um, but that's, 
that's the free part of it. I don't have to spend money to get that part that I want. Um, so it takes time to learn these things, mm-hmm. but once you learn them, you just start building momentum. And so you're gaining speed. Uh, every time you learn a new way to increase your income or lower your expenses. So that is like a perfect segue because I was going to ask you because I feel like I give a lot of advice because it's one or the other. We either need to decrease your spending, right? To change your situation, we either need to decrease your spending or we need more income, mm-hmm. right? Because otherwise we're going to stay where we are. Mm-hmm. So what do you, what did you find worked the best for you? I, cause I know you have, I like was going to recommend that our listeners go to the no spend challenge. Cause I'm a big fan of what I like to call $0 days where you mm-hmm. live on what you have and we don't spend, you know, you eat the food in the pantry that you already have, right? Maybe that's not what you want for dinner, but that's what you're going to eat for dinner mm-hmm. and you don't spend any additional dollars. So Cause I did that a lot when I first lived in New York and I was on a really tight budget. I would have like the middle of the week be $0 days even if that meant walking a mile, because I can't take mm-hmm. a cab because it's a zero dollar day. Um, <laughs> yeah. So what, what did you find worked best for you? Was it, was it a combination of lowering expenses and also side hustles? Cause I know you mentioned the side hustles. Mm-hmm. It was for sure a combination because I mean, even the whole time we were paying off debt, I was on this 25 hour per week schedule. Like I just could not, it's a, it was a small business and I could not get more, but I was an acupuncturist. So the job, I couldn't just go out and get another job. Like that was the best job in the city for me. Um, So I had to prioritize. I got a second job on the weekends and then I also did data entry. Okay. And I love the challenges, um, like the no spend challenge or the pantry challenge. Those were, those were the ways that I lowered my spending. I'm very all or nothing. Um, and so if I'm not completely engaged, I'm completely disengaged, mm-hmm. which may not be like a healthy thing, but that's honestly yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. So challenges and competitions are a way we can stay engaged when we're trying to accomplish any life change. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes it, it makes it a game and games, you know, people want to win yeah. and it's not like you're competing, uh, against, like for a prize or something, this is for, this is like an intrinsic motivator that you're just, you're competing against yourself to see how far you can go, how good you can be. Um, and in, uh, intrinsic motivators are far more powerful than extrinsic. Um, so I love the no spend challenge because it forced me to pause and think about why I was buying something or why I was mm-hmm. going to buy something. So much of our spending, so much of our day um, is habit-based. And yeah. so if you have intentional habits and healthy habits, that's great. Um, but when you haven't started to build those habits, you have to take a pause. You have to take a breather before every habit so you can think about it. And so that's what the No Spend Challenge forced me to do. And that was how I and you just came up with spending. this on your on your own. You were just like, I did. I did not start. So the re the way I okay. started no spend challenge was just like everybody else. Like I think it. So in my book, it starts out. My first no spend challenge was when I was in college, and I had seven dollars in my bank account. That was the first one. Um, and so I started it as just a way to save money. I'm gonna, like take everything out. Yeah. And just you know all or nothing. Go it. Go go all in. And it wasn't until I did a few and was able to look back in hindsight to see, oh my gosh, like after that no spend challenge, I just stopped 
going to happy hours all the time. Like I just stopped and instead kept going with the, uh, you know, inviting people over to my house because on the challenge, obviously I'm not going to happy hour. I'm inviting people to my house. And so I just kept going with that unintentionally afterwards. So I could see it was just stopping me long enough to get a little creative Mm -hmm. with like, I have to say no, but I don't have to say no hard stop. I can say no, but let's think of a, you know, creative way I can get the same desired result without spending money. Without, yeah, have this still have the fun evening with your friends, but without the loss Mm -hmm. of, you know, that, that money that you need for something else. Yeah. Did you know that Future Rich offers three online classes in partnership with SUNY Ulster? Well, you're in luck, we do. We have our Future Rich Signature course, our Student Loans course, and our brand new Social Security course. All of these classes can be found on our website at www.futurerichpodcast.com. Very nice. So um, you mentioned you have three books. Mm-hmm. Right. So you have the no spend challenge guide, which we were just talking about. Then you also have the meal planning on a budget Mm -hmm. um, and then pay off your debt for good. Yes. Those are, those are my books. Those are my other babies. I have have one, I have one human baby and uh, (laughs) three book babies. Three book babies. I love it. Which is, yeah, which is probably the ratio, the motherhood ratio I should have. That's about it. Um, Yeah. I, I, I started writing because I wanted to share what I had learned on my journey with other people. Uh, And I don't hear this talked about a lot, but when I got to the middle point of our debt-free journey, I was so hopeless. Like we had made such great progress and you'd think I'd be on fire to keep going, but my mind was like, how can I do this again? Like what I just went through for a year I have to do this all over again. And it's even harder if you're in a, you know, three or four year debt pay down. So you know, you know what you're in for. Like the first year, maybe don't really know what you're in for. Yeah. Right. You know what you're in for and it makes it worse. Um, So I started writing blog posts on like blogger or something kind of just to, to kind of reflect on what I had learned and kind of make myself feel better. Like, I think I wrote about how to save money on clothing. Um, I was kind of just logging, kind of journaling all these things I've learned and I was sharing them on my Facebook and people liked them Um, and like came up to me and and they didn't just like it on Facebook, but they came up to me and like person and said, oh my gosh, that really helped me. I'm going to try something. And that a light bulb went off. And, and that is how I started Uh, my first blog and getting, helping people learn what I had learned got me through that last year of paying off debt. It was, it was a game changer because then I wasn't just doing it for me and I wasn't dwelling on the things I couldn't do. Everything I did had a purpose. Um, And the purpose wasn't just for me. It was also to help other people. And, and that is literally what got me through the last year. And so after we became debt-free, I wrote the No Spend Challenge Guide because I felt okay. like No Spend Challenges are what helped me the most in those two years. And so when you do your spend ta- No Spend Challenges, you switch it up then. So like one week or, because that's what always what I tell people, I'm like, you can give this up for now, but you don't have to give it up for the rest of your life. You could just do mm-hmm. it 
for like a period of time and then swap it out with something different. So you don't feel like you're permanently losing whatever it is that we're trying to cut out to save money. Absolutely. It's just a detox, really. Like with anything else, it's a detox. It just gives you time to stop, pause, stop your mindless and habitual purchases. Like there were times I'd be heading home from work and I'd end up inside of Chipotle in line. And I'm like, how did I get here? It just happened. I was so used to it and nobody was telling me not to do it. So I had to tell me not to do it. Do it. Right. Yeah. And then how did you find after, because uh, I always think this part is interesting. So you get all the debt paid off, which is a huge accomplishment, but now you've changed all of your habits, right? Mm-hmm. So pre-debt payoff versus post-debt payoff, you've established a lot more discipline, different habits, like di- very different financial habits. How did that then translate to your post-debt life? That's such a great question. And it's, it's one that a lot of people don't ask, um, but really transitioning from debt payoff, like going a hundred miles per hour to being debt free, it feels like a breakup. It feels like a very emotional breakup. I wasn't Um, expecting that answer. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, it feels it's, it's super emotional because you're head down in the sand going full force. Um, and then it's over and you're like, what did I, what, what am I doing? So that's kind of how it is. It's a healthy breakup, um, but you don't realize it at the time. So we kind of kept trying. At first, we're trying to recreate what we had with paying off debt, um, with getting into the like the fire movement, the financial. Yeah, I was just going to ask. Okay. Retire early. Yeah. So we tried to recreate it, okay. um, and then slowly we're seeing. Okay this momentum and what we're doing isn't the most healthy. It's not the most sustainable because Mm -hmm. we didn't pay off debt just to change our savings rate to be, you know, 60%. Right. We paid off debt so that we can enjoy life um, in a way that we would not have been able to prior. So it took us um, almost two years to kind of Ease out of it. To that conclusion. Yeah. 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 Right. Um, I, I say maybe it, take, it took a good year okay. um, to transfer out and our, you know, our investment, our retirement accounts were like, yay, thank you. Don't, don't stop. Um, but uh, it kind of, it kind of came to a halt when I was laid off six weeks before giving birth. And that's oh kind of, that was kind of the line in the sand where it's like, okay, that was okay for a time. But that can't be our goal anymore, just just because of where we're at. And so um, that was our, it took a good solid year to transition from being so gung-ho to figuring out how we wanted our life to look. Because we were also, we were following like the Dave Ramsey method Mm -hmm. and that's very like head in the sand. And so we were told that we were supposed to keep going, going. And, and he doesn't necessarily say keep going, going after, um, that was more of the, the fire thing, but it was, it's, it's hard to transition once you're being told go, 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 and then stop. Right. Cause like, then you can, then technically you can go spend a little bit more on things that you haven't been able to. Yeah. Right. But prior. you've been telling yourself for the last few years that you, you can't. can't. Right. right. So there's no way to, just pay off debt and stop. There's a transition period that happens. 
uh, and and people don't talk about it a lot because it's hard enough to get people to pay off debt. Right. So you first have to get them to do that and then talk about, because then once you have those habits, like you said, it just depends on what works for your lifestyle. You can then transition and say, we're still, we're comfortable, which not everyone is, um, you know, but maybe you are with 60% savings ratio. We're just going to now continue it for 10 years, which seems like a long time and then do the fire thing, Mm -hmm. or maybe you, or dial it down to 40 or 30 or whatever it is that's comfortable, but it is, it's another transition then again, because it's a different set of circumstances. Yeah. I realized I'd like a house with a pool. Like that is something that would enrich my life (laughs) and I want to save for, right? I would rather save for that than retire at 40. That's, (laughs) that's me. So that's, yeah, you have to really inspect your life to to figure that out. Yeah, I totally agree. But it's always interesting because I don't think anyone ever talks about it. They just focus on the, the objective of like, you could pay the goal, you know, hit the goal, pay off the debt. And like, mm-hmm. but then what? Because now you've really changed your whole lifestyle. Yes. And then what? That's the, that is literally the thing people don't talk about. Um, because they think solving, like paying off your debt is the financial goal. No, that's a step on the road to the financial goal. And there has to be like other financial plans. Yeah. So if you say you're going to slow down while you're paying off the debt, you actually need to slow down. That was us because we were like, oh, I can't wait to not be paying off debt anymore. It's going to be so great. And then we went and did the same things (laughs) that we were doing. And it was hard to like, we, it's been three years. And so we're at a good good place right now um that we don't have to pay attention to our budget a lot because we're already frugal so we don't impulse spend and we meal plan so we've got things in place to where budgeting isn't as essential um and we are naturally prone to increasing our income paying attention to promotion and raise schedules and being cognizant of that and then also other ways we can monetize our life or Uh, start side businesses, stuff like that. It's those two years that taught us all of the things that we do now financially. So we needed it, um, but we don't need to replicate it for the rest of our lives because then you retire and then what then? (laughs) It's just another step you haven't planned for. Right. I mean, most people, right. It's a, it's a good idea. um, But what then? Yeah, because now, now you've like sacrificed everything to get there, and now you get there, mm-hmm. and you have to, You're yeah, just you have prolonging to have a plan. the breakup. <laughs> you have to have a plan. Would mm-hmm. you say that meal planning is one thing that you took from that period of time, and that is still a big part of yes. your day to day? Absolutely, because I don't like to cook. I like wow. to eat. I don't either, but I don't like to cook. Right, and my husband also loves to eat, does not love to cook. So. <laughs> I feel like so jealous of couples that get in and one, one person loves to cook to and cook. like, what a great life that is <laughs> because everybody gets to work in their power and, um, we are kind of fighting our power. <laughs> we both love to eat and neither like to cook nor do dishes. So, and I have a, one of my best friends loves to do dishes. And I was like, oh, you are a dime. Like your husband's so lucky, but so meal planning became essential in okay. and meal prepping. So making sure uh, things were pre-chopped on Sunday so I could literally just dump and go. Yeah. Freezer meals are essential that I can just like 
defrost and dump in the instant pot, anything to make it easier. I buy pre-chopped veggies, lots of frozen stuff, anything to make it easier. That's the name of the game for me. Less work. Less work because if it's work, I won't do it. And I found that it's more important to lower the barrier to entry and maybe spend a little extra on something pre-chopped um, or, you know, get something frozen than to, uh, than to cook what I really want. Cause what I really want is tacos and a margarita. Um, but it's, that's not sustainable. No. Um, so I, I was going to tell our listeners, obviously you have the three books, but they should also check out your website, um, where they can get the no spend challenge. Um, and then also check out your podcast, frugal friends. Mm-hmm. which they can yeah. find. And I agree with you. I don't like cooking either. So I will definitely have to check out, check out your book about meal planning. Cause it's a great way to save money. And then mm-hmm. probably also takes a lot of the work out of it. Yeah. And I will say I do, I pay for meal planning services, maybe like for six months out of the year. Um, so things like cook smarts, emails, cook at home, Uh, sometimes I get tired of meal planning. And so I'll meal plan for a few months and then I'll pay for one of these services and I'll go back and forth to, to give me some variety, but yeah, it's been a game changer for sure. Yeah. And I have all of my books on the side, uh, sidebar of my website, modernfrugality.com, literally every page, but the homepage, I should probably get them on the homepage, but (laughs) they're on every other page of the website. That's easy enough to find, though. I, fa- yeah. I feel like I found it really easily. Good. Okay. Okay, good. Well, we'll wrap this up for our listeners. Thank you so much for coming on. This was so fun to chat with you. Yeah, thanks for having me.